All right, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. And I wanted to thank all of our listeners and viewers for all of the feedback and uh, the questions that are sent, the emails that are sent. We love uh, reading these because ultimately this is how we come up with our topics. And so uh, today is all for the viewer. Okay, you know, and then for the listener. And so what we're going to do, we've been asked uh, on multiple occasions to give you some reaction videos from TikTok and uh, also some listener questions. And so I think what we'll do is we'll kind of go through each one of these TikTok trends. We're going to look at one of the videos. Uh, we'll give you our opinion on whether it's, uh, you know, something that we should pay attention to or it's just another fad or something that is absolutely ridiculous. This should be fun. Mm. So on your marks, get set. And here we go. Here's the first one. All first right. one is on glass skin. Glass skin. All right. Let's take a look. My guide to glass skin. <laughs> She's like three years old. Wow, I know. Listen, the 18-year-old should not be posting how to have flawless skin because it's inherent. Um, so this is a layers of oil moist that followed by multiple different moisturizers. Uh, Let's take down the music. How's that sound? Yeah. Listen, I, I'll just give you my take on it. Obviously, I think using an appropriate skincare regimen is great. Um, I think that, you know, so essentially what we're seeing here is there's an oil that's placed. Then there's a cream over the top. Then there's a gua sha, which scrapes all of it off. Uh, and then it's a reapplication of a different moisturizer and another uh, oil that goes over the top. So uh, listen, my thought is if you have an effective skincare regimen, you don't need to use baby oil and uh, you know a, a Cetaphil moisturizer over the top of this. You could potentially have the same benefits just from using the Cetaphil moisturizer. And um, the, what you have to be concerned with, especially with someone who's this young, is acne-prone skin. I mean, mm -hmm. you plug this, the four layers of this with oils and creams over the top can only be comedogenic at some point. And so um, you're going to plug pores, create acne breakouts. So I don't know that I'd necessarily follow this one. All righty, let's go to the next one. So I'll take this one, and, and I think this one's a little better because she's actually has a routine. Mm. She's not just taking a bunch of the same thing, and she's got a great routine. She's got a great glow, beautiful woman, um, and she's not 18. So her glass skin, quote-unquote, routine is not a bad routine. It's using a toner and a moisturizer and a cleanser, um, and I don't think it's, uh, it's too off. She just should be using Beverly Hills MD products. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think, again, it all goes back to having an appropriate uh, skincare regimen. If you have uh, a vitamin C serum, you've got, a, outside of a good cleanser and a good sunscreen, if you've got a vitamin C serum, you have a, a good moisturizer, and you have a retinol at night, I think, honestly, the rest of this can uh, just be for fun. You can add this, but you always got to be careful. The more layers you add, especially of oils and creams, you run the risk of uh, having acne breakouts. 
And it and it does look like glass because it's so shiny. It's yeah, gonna it's gonna you're gonna get that result. And not so. everybody enjoys that uh, very dewy look. So um, and so another one. Why don't we move to let's move down to slugging? All righty, here we go. Slugging. All right. So we're taking Vaseline, and there is a huge amount that she's placing on it. Applying, you know, Vaseline to the skin. I, I Again, I think a lot of these uh, techniques, the whole idea, everybody's looking at having very smooth glass-like skin uh, that has a, a shine to it. Um, and dewy is a, a look that some people prefer. I find it interesting that everyone posting this has uh, flawless skin. Um, and so the interesting part is that for the average individual, placing Vaseline on the skin, you have to imagine, uh, can be comedogenic. And so it plugs pore. So if you have oily skin, do not do this. And if you have a, tea, uh, a mixed skin with an oily T-zone, I definitely wouldn't do this just because you're going to break out on your forehead and nose. So again, it all goes back. I understand the concept of wanting to trap in moisture. There's no doubt. But I think that there are other ways of doing that without uh, plugging some pores. You want another slugging video? Or you want to move on to face icing? Face icing. I cannot wait to see so some of these things. So let's see what face icing All right. Is. So we've got a male... So, <laughs> so, so, so this is a young man, um, relatively young, who's got great facial structure, mm. um, and he's taking ice and he's putting it all over his face because he's saying that it reduces inflammation and swelling. Now, why do you have the why do you have the inflammation and swelling in the first place? That's my question. But, he, but the interesting part is he doesn't have much inflammation or swelling. That's this guy, what I'm this saying. guy looks great. Can uh, ice help? Sure. Um, is it going to really do a whole lot on a daily basis? This isn't cryotherapy, okay? Cryo cryotherapy involves ice at a certain amount of temperature for a certain amount of time. And yes, cryotherapy can work depending on what you're doing. It can decrease inflammation. It can actually even decrease areas of fat. Yeah, um, listen, you're talking about your face. Anytime you freeze or you add cold to the face, you can lose facial fat. Now, there is something called equestrian paniculitis, and that's essentially what happens for all of the horseback riders. This is how they came up with cool sculpting. They looked at some of these uh, scenarios in children. There was either popsicle paniculitis mm -hmm. or equestrian paniculitis, and one was at children who uh, they gave us popsicles mm -hmm. on a frequent basis slowly started to lose their buckle fat. And same thing happened with equestrians. They were out in the cold weather, jumping with their horses and riding. Mm -hmm. And so they noticed that the faces tended to look more gaunt. And then these genius individuals at Harvard came up with uh, that technology and freezing the fat. So if you're looking to maintain, you know, and the individual that's on here is young. Now, you keep f putting ice all over your face. Uh, my my thought is that you're slowly, and it depends how often you're doing it. If you're doing it a ton throughout the day, um, you may actually destroy some of the facial fat that's important. Uh, Clearly why we your... don't ice after fat transfer. Definitely. And so this isn't something... Now, look, 
you get punched in the face, uh, go ahead and play some ice because it'll reduce inflammation. But, uh, you know, what, what is, what is the type of inflammation that you are trying to reduce unless you have a bad sunburn or something like that, that you're trying to slow down the deleterious effects. But other than that, uh, it's not something I would, I'm going to go to one more face icing. Cause I just found that to be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's this one? I see my face oh, every wow. morning and night. Wow. So this is a young girl who's who's probably in her early 20s, maybe, you think? If that. I mean. If that, with, with good facial fat. And she's just taking a block of ice and icing her face. Um, you know what? My thought is this. You want to take, you want to get some advice. Uh, I would take it from the 55-year-old person that looks absolutely flawless and then follow that skincare routine. I definitely am not going to take it from a 19-year-old that feels that, you know, using some trend they found on TikTok is going to work on their skin. There's yeah. just no science that I would, think your you know, ice. I think icing your face is not going to cut it. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one, which is do-it-yourself dermaplaning. Here we go. This, is, this right. is fun. Oh, wow. All right. So we've got a straight blade. Dermaplaning Essentially, just very gently, uh, it's scraping off the top layers of the skin. Now... Um, there is science behind this. The idea is we need to exfoliate. And so now it, to do this maybe once a week might not be a bad idea. And it's basically taking a straight blade. You're going to go from top down, uh, you know, feathery motions where you essentially just scrape off the top layers. Be careful that you're not beveling that blade and you're going to end up cutting yourself. But the goal is essentially just to scrape off the top layers, and that can make the skin and uh, look more uh, youthful because you're taking some of the dry, sallow layers off of there, and then apply a hyaluronic acid or a, a vitamin C serum or a moisturizer just to help uh, you know give you that glow that you're looking for. The only thing I will say is just be careful. Um, because <laughs> because because dermaplaning should be done by a trained professional. Mm. Let's see this next dermaplaning video, just because I'm really, really, really very fascinated with the fact that these people are doing dermaplaning. Mm -hmm. Okay, do it yourself dermaplaning. Let's go to that TikTok. Here we go. I don't know what I was doing with so much peach fuzz. Now. Yeah, essentially, it's it's like what we do with yeah. shaving cream. You put something on your skin just so the blade glides a little more. And again, you got to be very careful because you can strip some of the the important layers off. You you just want to gently. That's why again, I agree with you. I think you go with a, a professional <laughs> because um, you know you go a little too deep and you, you know you're creating wounds on the skin. So uh, and those wounds sometimes can cause scars. So watch out. Yep. Okay, let's move along to the next TikTok trend, which is skin cycling. Ooh. I got to tell you, some of these things I've never even heard know, of I know, before. I know, I know. Listen, this I gotta, is... I got to go on TikTok more often. All right. And this is done by a doctor that's on Good Morning America, Dr. Whitney Bowe, who's a big dermatologist. And she's doing skin cycling, which basically is, is doing exfoliating, then a retinoid. So you clean, then you retinol, and then you moisturize, right? Yep. Absolutely nothing wrong with this. I think this is great. Um, I personally don't think this is something you need to do at 
a younger age. I think maybe wait till you're in your maybe 30s to start, maybe even more. I don't think too young is necessary for this, but I don't think this can hurt. And I think it's it's a it's a good way to do it. Yeah, listen, I think, um, you know, a, a, a retinol, you know, I think you can start it as early as you're, you're you know, 20 years old. And the only reason I say that is because to increase cellular turnover, imagine you've got oily skin, you want to increase that cellular turnover just so you uh, can have healthier layers. Mm -hmm. I think when I would definitely start, it would be in my 30s. And so, you know, appropriate skincare, we we never really started when we were younger. No, because you look good. You're like, oh, what do I need to do anything? Yeah, of course. But that's, you have to imagine that your skin starts to uh, deteriorate after age 18. So, you know, I would say that's when you really should start using it. And here's another one with, with the Derm Guru, um, which is doing pretty much the same thing, right? So you're, you're, you're exfoliating, you're using a retinol, and then you're taking two nights to recover. Yep. Um, and there's really nothing wrong with this. These are, these are explained by dermatologists who do this for a living. And I, and I think that, that it's fine. I don't think four days is the way to do it. I think you should make this longer routine, but this is fine. Yeah, listen, you know, I like the fact that they are, uh, the exfoliation night is every, you know, fifth night Mm -hmm. because uh, to exfoliate more commonly or more more frequently um, would only lead to inflammation. So I think that's, uh, you know, following that's a, a good trend. All right. And again, notice how, we're following people who are actually in the healthcare in- industry. Yeah. You're following a physician or a physician extender, someone who has experience in this. Um, you know, I find it so interesting that uh, a 19-year-old girl with perfect skin gets on there and is telling all these uh, viewers, this is what you need to do for your skin. Well, look, you, you, uh, you've got some genetics that help you in that uh, respect. Um, but for those individuals that want some science behind it, I would listen to a physician or a physician extender. Completely agreed. Now we're going to move on to silicone patches. Silicone patches. Wow. Okay. So this woman has multiple silicone patches that are stuck to the skin. She's gently peeling them off. Um, you know, under eyes, neck, forehead, cheeks, and listen, um, you will find these facial masks and neck masks and things like that, under eye masks um, that are silicone based and they have some active ingredients in them. And I think those are great for the skin. You leave those on, they add temporary effects. Some of them can have some ingredients that can have some longer term effects. And so you just have to look what's in there. I mean, make sure that it's high in hyaluronic acid, put a vitamin C in there or something like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, again, silicone, uh, as far as silicone compression and stuff like that is really only for scarring and burn. And, uh, you know, when we look at actual data of where it helps improve our, our particular condition, but, um, I see nothing wrong with these, uh, you know, silicone no, and, and, patches. And, and, and there's, you know, the nice thing is I think you should use a silicone patch like this do it for a little bit right before you're going to go to an event. Mm-hmm. And that I think that'll take down inflammation better than other things will because you're putting a compression. In, and I'll tell you, I love the compression, um, the eye patches that we have mm-hmm. because, again, you get a little bit of puffiness. If you put a little, it's just very simple. You put compression on, on, 
on any type of swelling or inflammation, it will go down. Yep. But especially it will stay if you down some, forever. Especially if you have some transdermal actives that are in there. Absolutely. Um, and so that's the... And then here's the another one. Silicone patches. Yeah, I mean, the idea is, do these actual uh, target wrinkles? Probably not. Listen, the muscle's still going to move, and it's not doing anything to uh, you know, improve the texture or collagen composition of the skin. But they are, they do trap in moisture, which I think is a big help. And so if you want to leave those on for a period of time, it will temporarily make your skin look a little I mean, better. You've got a 20-year-old girl here that's saying when your silicone patches target wrinkles caused by sun damage, but people still want to get baby Botox. Now, everything in this video is false. Yeah. Number one, yeah. your forehead wrinkles are not caused by sun damage. They're caused by muscle movement. Number mm -hmm. one. Number two, silicone silicone patches don't do anything for those wrinkles whatsoever in the long term. They may make them look good for five minutes or ten minutes or maybe even an hour. Yeah, and it's really trapping in that moisture. I mean, Absolutely. you're not doing anything to improve the texture or quality of the skin. So I so call this a big baloney. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. And the next one is going to be... Let's see what we got. Face self-tanning. Face self-tanning. Oh, used to be one of my favorites. ha, ha, ha. My face is glowing. That's the the TikTok. Uh, again, a uh, twenty year old. <laughs> Why is her face so white to begin yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, wow. Okay, so you got to watch this video. So this <laughs> girl, this girl starts out. She's probably about twenty years old. She starts out with her face. It looks like she's she, got chalk on her yeah, face. Yeah, <laughs> listen, you know, listen, I call BS. This is, so she has clearly placed, um, you know, maybe a, like a zinc oxide or something on her face. So mm -hmm. it looks extremely white. And all of a sudden she blocks the camera and the next picture up, she's got this golden, beautiful tan. This is crazy, uh, guys. Yeah, uh, listen. I, I, I would do I, a mic know, drop and walk out yeah, if I could. Yeah, I know. I, I just think, listen, the problem with social media is that you don't know what's real and what's not. You can look at one page and there's a UFO flying by a plane. Uh, you know, you look at another page. It's just, to me, you have to, I would get my information. You know, you can look at all these pages and then bring it to a physician and say, all right, what are your thoughts on these? And we'll try to give you some science behind it. Um, I just think we need to be a little more uh, honest. Moving along to something else I've never heard of. Foundation frothing. Sounds Ooh, crazy. This is a, Who comes I, up with these I, names? I, I, listen, I, I love these trends. This is foundation hack. Mm, we've got a glass of water. We're going to put our spritz of foundation. I, foundation. Oh, God, it looks like a cappuccino. Oh, wow. It's like a, one of those bullets. <laughs> now, a mask that goes on. She's painting her face. So she, froth, she frothed her foundation. Wow. So and then she, she painted just, her face with she just, foundation. She just added water. Yeah. So she no, but she froth. She she's making it. She frothed it first. I, <laughs> she added water and blended this it, is and crazy. then put it on her face. This, I mean. So listen, I, I, I don't I don't use foundation, so I'm probably <laughs> the last person to comment on this. But it looks like it's a cappuccino. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Drink it instead. Listen, I mean, look, it's a mousse. It looks like chocolate mousse. I I understand if it makes it easier to apply, but most of these come in a, a kind of a, a semi liquid form anyway. So I don't understand the benefit of frothing it with water. Um, you know, you've added a little more water to the skin, but again, we're adding tap water, which is full of contaminants and everything else. So. I think you've just ruined your skin by doing this. Let's see. There's one more foundation of uh, 
frothing. Frothing. Yeah, I'm let's see what we really got here. Into this. This is kind of cool. Here we go. I'm gonna start frothing everything. Oh, she she just drank the thing of water, but left a little bit left. Put your foundation in the bottom. Come on, let's give a good mix. A frother. All right, so this is to sell. And her frother part. broke. It is literally, you know, the funny part is this is literally the frother from our coffee, from, from the creamer. Oh, she's showing us that she put batteries in her frother. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She broke her frother. She's bringing through the entire process of how she's broken. Uh. Anyways, it's the same as the other one. Um, I don't use foundation. This looks really messy. It makes just a, use a, your foundation the way it is. Consistency. You don't need to froth. Wow. Um, take away message from these guys, please. <laughs> you know, Doctor Lakey said it first, and I'm going to say it again. If you're going to take advice about skincare or any type of of treatments that you're going to apply to your face or anywhere else, do it from a medical professional, not from a TikToker. Let's get on with our questions. Listen. That was fun. We'll do those again one day. Yep. These are going to be, these are questions that come from our listeners. I thought they're really good ones that I can't find right now. So here we go. I got some for you. Here it is. So uh, I'll ask and then you can answer the first one. Mm-hmm. CO2 laser versus Morpheus versus Elicor mm. versus Profound RF. Okay, listen. Some uh, of them are very similar. So, but I'm gonna have you talk about this because you do a lot of this stuff. Okay, so the whole we're we're grouping these into skin tightening uh, and changing skin texture. Okay, so the question is this: uh, the first thing we look at is how much downtime do you have? The more downtime you have, probably the bigger bang you're gonna get, mm-hmm. just because there's a little more damage acutely, but it leads to a bigger result. Okay, um, a CO2 laser is great at two things. One, taking off some of the dusty layers. It's an ablative laser. And the second is poking microscopic holes into the skin that stimulates collagen. And I think CO2 is one of the gold standards for improving the quality and texture of the skin. Agreed. No doubt. Morpheus, on the other hand, is microneedling with radio frequency. And so what you're doing is you're poking those little holes, creating that damage, which stimulates collagen, but applying heat, which forces collagen stimulation. Now, uh, less downtime because you're cauterizing the little needle holes that you are poking. And so it's really like a two-day downtime, and then you can put on makeup and, or anything and it's, else. And it's a non-ablative treatment, Definitely. which is different than the ablative treatment that, that the CO, fractionated CO2 is. Definitely. So sometimes you may not eliminate some of the pigmentation on the skin. It's really for tightening skin and skin texture. The Elicor is in a category all by itself, but it's for skin tightening. And this is essentially... Imagine tiny little hollow needles attached to a suction, and what it does is it it removes skin scarlessly, and you're hoping that the skin contracts. Now, I was involved in one of the initial studies with Elicor, a company by Citrellis, and I think it works great on the skin. I actually wanted to show that um, it would perform a non-surgical lip lift, and we did not get the results that we wanted. Um, I think the interesting part is when you remove cores of tissue, um, the body likes filling it in with collagen. And so 
I think you can get an improvement in texture, but there are some downsides associated with it. Um, although we do say scarlessly, sometimes if the core has not been completely eliminated, sometimes people will develop tiny little pimples or cysts and those persist for a long period of time. Uh, redness and skin changes um, you know, occur. We ran into some scenarios where uh, the skin looked a little purple. For a significant so, amount of time. For a significant amount of time. And so that was sometimes being too aggressive with it. I do think in the appropriate patient that it works very well in skin tightening, jowls, and uh, the uh, sides of the face, things like that, the jawline. But um, again, that's a it, it's microcoring technology, and it's just a, a different category. And it's interesting. So, the, so, so the and and profound RF is, is almost the same as Morpheus. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's no reason to like really get into it. I heard it's a little bit more painful. Um, it so, just it just the needles go in at an angle, yes. a 45 degree angle, as opposed to you know perpendicular to the skin. So ideally, uh, and and it's interesting because if you can. And, and it depends on what you're targeting with these procedures, right? Um, ideally, sometimes using a Morpheus and a CO2 is really the best because you're getting the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. So the, the question is a great question. The problem is, what do you need it for? What do you want this for? Mm -hmm. Why are you having this procedure? Because again, for example, and, I, and I'll just throw out something that's that's probably one of the hardest things to fix smokers lines deep 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 smokers lines or the lines that are around our our lips or our mouth um from just even if you're not a smoker you can get them from just pursing your lips and if you live long enough you'll definitely have these lines how do you eliminate them it's almost impossible i hate to say it but sometimes you know there's there's so much we can do one of the best ways to do it is a phenol peel now a phenol peel and this wasn't even one of the questions but it goes even deeper now the the way we look at a lot of the peels or these treatments that we do for for facial rejuvenation um, or facial resurfacing is how deep they go and realistically that that phenol peel goes the deepest and that's why it resurfaces the best however there is a little bit of cardiotoxicity yeah. associated with it and there's some other you things you need an anesthesiologist present and if you don't do it regularly it's it's not something you should do yeah um so i would say you know it depends on what you need but if you can do multimodal approaches co2 and morpheus mm -hmm. even better right yep stay away from the yellow core yeah um next question again for you neck lift cost mm-hmm and effectiveness. You know, okay, so let me take Cost a step. Cost is tough because you yeah, can't really talk about let me, let me take a step back. Um, neck lifts. There are specific indications for a neck lift alone by itself as opposed to needing a lower face or a mid and lower face and neck. So if you're looking at fixing the marionette lines, that is a facelift. If you're looking at fixing jowls, that is a facelift. The neck really... I always look at it this way. Whatever area that we're looking at at the face, so if I'm looking at the neck, you always have to treat one layer up if you want to truly make it look as natural as you can. Um, I would say for someone who's 40 to 45 and they start seeing a little bit of sagginess to the neck, those you can get away with doing a, a neck lift by itself. Or if you have a very full neck and you're even younger than that, um, you know, ish, individuals that have a... Uh, what we call a retrusive chin or a smaller chin, you add an implant while doing a neck lift and you can have a dramatic result that just looks completely aesthetic and natural. Um, and so cost on these, let's say we're doing a regular neck lift, 
I would say it's demographic, you know, we have to look at the demographic and, uh, by city. I would say it's probably on average by itself, you know, 10 to 10 grand to 15 grand, something like that. Um, but more often than not, it's combined with other procedures like facelift or chin augmentation or something like that. So um, for those individuals, and, and that varies, at, uh, those are probably larger city prices. I'm sure if you go into a, more of a rural area, uh, you'll get something for less than that. And the next question. But do they work? Yeah, yes, they do. If neck you lifts do, are great. Yeah, if you do a deep neck lift, sometimes we, uh, you know, we'll tailor, remove some of the, uh, what we call interdigastric fat or subplatismal fat, or even the uh, portion of the the muscles that tends to hang the digastric muscles, or even taking some of the submandibular glands because those bulge out as we age, and so we either tuck those back up where they should be, or you remove a portion of them. Um, and this next question is you've pretty much answered it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there again because I don't want to miss it. Marionette lines, mm-hmm. which really or these lines here um, down in the lower face. Um, will the neck lift fix that? So marionette lines or labiomental creases are a re- direct result of a combination of a ligament and musculature that cross over that area. And so um, that's a tethered point, which means everything else starts to fall around it. And so right j- adjacent to that marionette line, you're going to see a jowl start to form. That's because the face is slowly deflating and, and falling around that point. So a neck lift is not going to touch that. Um, a lower face lift with neck lift will touch that, however. And so, again, it goes back to that point. Whatever level we're looking at, you have to go up one to truly treat it effectively. That's a great rule. Um, and so sometimes when you just try to focus on a neck and you don't do anything about the jowls, it makes the face look round because the neck looks nice and tight, and all of a sudden you have a puffiness in that area. And uh, I, I have, you know, I've had patients that say, "I do not want a facelift. I just want the neck." We talk about this. Um, they see the result. Neck looks amazing, but the face just looks a little puffier, and they end up doing the facelift. So, um, you know, if I can save you that, uh, th- that second that operation, heartache, yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, last listen question. to your surgeon. <laughs> I. 48-year-old male Mm -hmm. states that growing up he had significant allergies and he would really have very puffy and swollen eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, years and years later, he really does not like the appearance of his eyelids, especially his upper eyelid, and he states that it actually hangs a little bit down almost to the point where it is obstructing his vision. Mm he wants to know, is this something that health insurance can cover? So let's take a step back. Obviously, the, we need to know what the allergy was. Sometimes people have a condition called blepharoptosis, and that is repeated swelling of the upper eyelids. In uh, It's a reaction to something, and so it can stretch out the upper eyelid skin and make it look crepey, red, and irritated. Um, and if that issue has been resolved, obviously, you know, uh, the treatment for extra skin is to do an upper blepharoplasty. Um, sometimes, you know, well, well, I'll, I'll just make it easy. If you go to an ophthalmologist and they do a visual fields test and it shows that you are losing some of your peripheral vision, then yes, an insurance company will cover that. Um, sometimes when you look at the upper eyelid, 
you have to imagine um, it's a little more complex than just excess upper eyelid skin because a lot of times the brow starts to fall. So true treatment, uh, I would say 90% of the time is to raise the brow and remove some of that excess skin. Uh, you'd be surprised sometimes removing the, you know, raising the brow itself uh, eliminates that excess hooding on the side of the lateral aspect. So in males, obviously a heavier brooding brow is completely acceptable in females not so much um, just because it doesn't look as aesthetic but uh, I would say you your first order is to see a plastic surgeon they can refer you to a an ophthalmologist um, and uh, they will do a visual fields test and if you meet certain criteria then yes they write a letter saying that you have obstructed vision and the insurance company will pay for it amazing well that are, that's basically is all the questions I have for you today. Yeah, listen, thank you so much for uh, sending these questions in. Uh, um, you know, continue the emails coming. We love these questions. We love to answer this stuff for you. We hope you learned something here and uh, hope you learned something today. So once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check us out on the social media feeds, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.